All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm your host. And on today's episode, we're hopefully going to have a special guest. So we did this live. But the thing is, like everybody that we bring on is actually in construction, actually runs construction companies. So bear with us, right? For all of you out there, you know that life happens, uh, projects happen, and uh, all that kind of stuff. But first, before we uh, get too much into this, Matt, my blue-collar badass of a co-host, how you doing, man? I am doing great, Dylan. It's uh, warming up here in Michigan, which is nice. Uh, the last couple of days have been kind of a, a sloppy mess, but we're, we're getting through that. The sun's starting to shine a little bit more, and... And my pipes that were frozen last week that prevented me from being on the show uh, have thawed out nicely without bursting. So things are good. <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, it's been like in the 50s here. And then, nice. yeah, I mean, again, being in the mountains, so I'm at this interesting elevation, right? I go 10 minutes down the hill, and it's like it was 70 yesterday, right? 75, sunny, like beautiful wow. blue skies. Go 10 minutes up the hill, like it's you know, ski weather, right? <laughs> You're in, it's, you know, 35, it's perfect for, for skiing. And, um, I think last week they got like another foot of snow. Oh, wow. Yeah. We've been, we've been pretty darn cold for the last few weeks. We, we spiked up to, I think we hit 45 on uh, Tuesday last night though. We got down to negative 17. Um, today we're back up in the, in the mid to, to high thirties. So, it's enough to get rid of some of the ice dams on my roof, which is helpful. <laughs> I keep waiting for my gutters to fall off. It's just, it's that time of year though. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, like the beauty of, you know, construction, right. And uh, just being across the, the country, everybody deals with weather in, in different ways. Um, and one thing, like while we're talking about weather, so again, my background, electrical engineering, I did power classes, like power is my like deal, what I went to school for, knew that kind of going in, like lived off the grid uh, in high school. So I, I totally understand like renewables, sustainable energy, even though the majority of our uh, power still came from a like diesel generator, right? <laughs> like that was, that was the backup. That was the, the real charge, but we had, we had a windmill, we had hydro in the winter, uh, living in Oregon, you know, we got 120 inches of rain a year, which really happened in like six months. Um, wow. and it's being on the Oregon coast. It's you get, there's really two seasons wet and dry. Cause you're in like a, a temperate rainforest effectively is what it is. So okay. with that, like we hydro was great in the winter. You had a pretty, pretty good stream of, uh, of water and then wind was the other thing but the, the other thing with wind is we got very high wind gusts so it was not uncommon to get 100 mile an hour winds um with gusts up to like 130. so with that like wind can be like problematic it actually like we had a the blades on our windmill weren't like huge right they were like three foot blades but they would actually they'd bend uh enough to where they would hit the pole and then like they snap um, oh wow or you'd get speeds high enough where it would you you need to put like the brake on um, to to pause it. But with that, you would end up uh, like they break break the sound barrier. But all that's to, to be said in like within the last couple of weeks, right? You had Texas that has like one. They have all these windmills. They got frozen up, uh, so they had to get de-iced and everything, and then with texas's power grid the other thing that most people don't know is texas so there's three big interconnects in like north america there's uh west coast east coast and texas is kind of on its own like grid system so in like when texas has problems for power and all that kind of stuff it uh it isn't easy to, to connect everybody so with like this extreme weather it's always important to like kind of note how that happens so you had a big uh production problem with like windmills and all that kind of stuff. And then you had like, you know, Texas is kind of on its own grid. So then you had interconnects, which means power then has to like come through these, these other big systems. So then you can have power outages um, 
you know, because Texas is kind of its own island. A lot of that's to do with like the Rockies coming through and stuff too. Um, sure. And just where Texas lays. So like <laughs> geographically, it's a little different than everybody. But that's like one of the other things. To, not only is Texas like powered by a ton of windmills, um, but also like there's these other kind of grid and larger like electrical system things in play. Um, so anyway, just on, <laughs> on the weather topic, I wanted to, <laughs> to bring that up uh, since that's been in the in the news here lately. It was really quite the perfect storm down there. It's glad, or I'm glad to see they're finally uh, thawing out a little bit. We, uh, you know, up here in Michigan, we, it seems like since I was a little kid, we, we haven't received a whole ton of snowfall annually. This year, however, so usually what we get is we'll get a couple inches, but then two days later it melts. And then a week later we'll get a couple inches. Well, well this year we haven't had that melting. So we actually have been building and building and um, there was a day last week we had snow drifts at a project of mine that were up to the doorknobs. So we couldn't even get in without shoveling. And what that did, it's, it's a pre-engineered metal roof building. So on, on Tuesday, when it got so warm, we had basically what, what looks like an avalanche coming off of the roof of this, you know, 30 foot tall structure. And we quickly found that there were some areas in our masonry control joints where the caulk didn't go all the way down to grade. And I don't know if you've been following along, but we're, we're installing 15, 20,000 square feet of high-end maple wood basketball court right now. And we had water literally gushing in through the control joints and, and it got within a foot of our brand new, brand new unfinished maple floor. But uh, my superintendent got it. He was running around with shop vacs and it could have been a big mess, but we, we avoided it, luckily. <laughs> so, What's up, guys? Hey. Hey, Andy. I'm the, on. <laughs> our modern-day tradesman. And, all right, so, guys, we just, uh, for everyone listening on the audio here later that's not uh, tuned in live with us, I want to intro our, our modern-day tradesman. So, Andy Aranda has been in the construction industry for 24 years, which is awesome. We've got a, a veteran of the industry and uh, is a CEO and owner of Pure Polling out of Las Vegas, uh, which, you know, totally different weather uh, <laughs> we're dealing with here uh, across the country. And uh, father of three and runs his business, uh, Pure Plumbing, again, with his wife, Alexis. Uh, he's also launched the brand, the modern day tradesman to bring awareness to the trades, which you guys know that we're totally all about that being in the trades, being a blue collar badass is a wonderful thing. And more and more people should at least consider the trades as a career path, as it's a great opportunity for so many people. Um, you know, everyone can have a shot at the American dream by being in the trades. Um, and they just need to find their purpose, their why, what they're going to do. Um, so we're super excited, Andy, to have you here on the show, and uh, and welcome, man. Man, great to be here, guys. Thanks for having me on. I had having little complications with my computer this morning, so bear with me. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I was listening to you guys a little uh, little earlier talk about everything going on in Texas, and you know, the funny thing is, is we've been looking and kind of following everything that's going on in Texas, and I've had a lot of people call me this week, just ask me, hey, look, man, do you got crews you can send down to Texas? We're in Austin. I can't seem to find plumbers anywhere. And so long story short, you know, we're looking into everything and, and licensing in Texas. And turns out right now they're basically saying, hey, come into Texas. If you're a journeyman, master plumber, or you have a business, uh, we will give you a temporary license just to get things done. So it's just interesting oh, to wow. see what they're, what, what's going on down there right now. Wow. That's incredible, man. So are you going to send some crews down there? I mean, you know, we, we, we got our license down there today. So, I mean, okay. that could be, so we, you know, I mean, you know, you got to take advantage of the opportunity. And you know what? We, we could possibly put to, put together a crew to go down there, um, it, just depending on the needs and stuff. I think I'm going to touch base with a few people that I know down there to see uh, what the demand is. And, of course, like moving anything or, or setting something up like that, I mean, it's just it's, – it's a fast – you have to move fast, right? Definitely. But, you got to figure out some logistics very quickly too. Yeah, definitely, man. And, 
And uh, one crazy thing that uh, one crazy thing that people don't think about is right now, like, well, I mean, things were frozen, and you know, in in, in the plumbing industry, uh, you have to worry about when it's frozen. You got to worry about what happens when it thaws out, because that's when you start to see, you know, bursted pipes, you know, drywall. You know, you start seeing drywall damages. You were talking about the wood. The, the wood floors you were putting in or, you know, yep. for that court, I mean, you're going to start to find a bunch of things once the snow melts, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I've spent, yeah, I spent some time in Chicago. So, you know, I know what this snow can do in the cold weather. So, you know, something that's, uh, that I'm familiar with. I'm glad you brought that up. I actually had that jotted down in my notes. I was, I was poking around on one of your, your profiles the other day and, and noticed you're a, a big Cubbies fan. And I was going to ask you how a, how a guy from Las Vegas becomes a Cubs fan, but now it kind of makes sense. Well, you know, it's, it's crazy, man. I've, you know, I, I was, I was born in Henderson, Nevada, right. And my mom's family is, is from Henderson. And I'm not talking about the nice part of Henderson for anybody who's been in Vegas. It's the older part of Henderson and uh, you know, not, not the most desirable place at the time, but since then Henderson has grown into a big, beautiful place, but uh, lived here till about five. Uh, my mother got married um, we moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, you know, so I grew up, uh, you know, from five years old to about, uh, 21 years old there. And from there, that's when I moved to Chicago and you talk about change, uh, oh, yeah. cu culture change, <laughs> big city life, you know, small town guy, small town guy moving to a, you know, a city like that. It, it was, it was a, it was a big shock, but I wouldn't trade the experience for anything because that's what really developed me into the trades, um, not only just in, in, in plumbing itself, because, you know, my, my family, my background and my family, uh, you know, we have a family business in Santa Fe that I, that I learned from. So I grew up in the plumbing trade. But, you know, out there in Chicago, we were building houses. I mean, we were, you know, working in the big buck or in the buck part, Bucktown Wicker Park area. Sorry about that. Um, and we were uh, knocking buildings down, building them back up. You know, a friend of mine out there is a, a developer. You know, back then, we were young, and we we were young guys with a with a contractor's license. You know, so you know, it's crazy because out there in Chicago, the application for the for the license out there was well, if anybody's willing to insure you, you can have a license, right? <laughs> so I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? So I mean, the insurance company is going to do their due diligence to make sure they got the right guy because obviously. They don't want to take a hit, we you know, with somebody who's inexperienced, right? Right. So, uh, you know, we we started doing a lot of stuff out there. Started with like kind of small projects. Started getting into bigger projects. And uh, through all this process, man, um, I, I really did learn a lot. Um, you know, knocking buildings down, building them back up. You know, you're dealing with uh, brick and mortar. You know, you're dealing with footings, basements. Um, anyone, anybody wants to know, like. You know, the importance of making sure a basement is sealed properly from the outside uh, yeah. so you're not having problems with like snow and moisture and water and stuff like that that's a perfect place to learn that so uh you know my experience out there was great because I, I didn't know what it was like to live obviously in a big city um you know to build around structures that were so close to each other um and also man everything out there has to be deep you know you're talking about a water line out there is like five feet you know, uh, we're out here. I think we're like 12 to 18 inches. <laughs> wow. That's, that's wild. I've, I've never thought of it that way. I, I actually grew up yeah. right outside of Chicago. Um, I've been in Michigan since I was in school, in uh, middle school, but, but yeah, you know, deep foundations to me are when we have to drive piles, you know, 30 feet, the, the, oh, the yeah. four foot frost footings and, and five foot water mains. It's just, it's just normal on, on this side. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, you, there's just a lot of a uh, lot of different type of plumbing out there. When I when I got out there, gosh, we were, you know, you had never even really thought about using plastic pipe anywhere. It was all you know cast iron, yep. um, and it was uh, all copper work. Uh, even some of the drain work was copper work. So you know, the transition from being out there to coming to Vegas at the time I did, uh, getting back into plumbing out here, you know, in two thousand nine. You know, um, it was completely different. I was like, man, this, it's so much easier out here. 
than it is, you know, back east, you know. And and for anybody, you know, who has ambitions moving back east, you know, that's great. It's cool. You know, you're going to, you know, get a taste of the big city life. But if you're from the West Coast, you will come back. You will come back. You'll come back to the nice, dry, you know, hot weather. <laughs> sure. Sure. I, I don't know why I'm here sometimes when it's, you know, last night was 17 below with the wind chill. Oh, man. And, 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 and where exactly are, are, are you at? So I'm in Southeast Michigan. We're the office is in Brighton. We're about 30, 40 minutes North of Detroit. Oh man. So yeah, you know that, you know, you know, yeah. you, you get that lake effect too. We don't get so much lake effect, but we just get cold. I was telling Dylan when, before you popped on, we, we typically get that couple inch snowstorm every, every week or so, but it melts in between. Everything just goes to ice. Whereas this year we've actually had snow on the ground for uh, two months now. Oh wow. It, it's finally starting to to melt up a bit, but that, that comes with its own challenges too. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think the, that was the hardest, you know, and I would say, you know, the experiences, you know, when you're going in, in when you're in the trades, right. And different facets of the trades and you go to a different uh, region, you're learning different codes, uh, how people do things. So I always, you know, I always encourage people, go get as many experiences under your belt as you possibly can. And that was my twenties for me. My twenties for me was, you know, I knew plumbing, experienced plumbing all my life, uh, got into construction, um, learned construction, building spec house in Santa Fe. Long okay. story behind that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, built my first spec home. And uh, me and, the, and the, the partner I had that were building um, the spec house, um, I told him, hey, you know what? We could build a spec house, but you know what? I want to work for the contractor that we hire um, that's going to build the spec house. And then I'll hire myself and my family as the plumbing company so I could do the plumbing in it. So my goal was, well, I could get the plumbing done cheap because I'm going to do it. I could also learn how to, you know, I could plumb my first house solo and get that experience. And then um, I can also get the experience uh, laying out houses, footings, um, building structurally. And it's funny because, you know, the builder was like a very old school guy. So, um, you know, they have like power nailers. No, we aren't using power nailers, man. We're hammer and nails. So uh, <laughs> how many guys, you know, these days that are, uh, you know, anxious to build a house with a hammer and nails? It's much, much different, different type of experience. For um, sure. So, yeah. So that's kind of a little bit of my, my background doing that. That's kind of how I got into construction. But I've always loved I don't know about you guys, man, but uh, in the construction field, there are a lot of facets and avenues to get into that are really fun. Um, you know, there's just so many avenues you can get into. And I think, you know, with my brand, the modern day tradesman, um, what I, what I want to do is I just want to highlight different areas, you know, well, gosh, not even just to show everybody, but for my own personal interest as well is just to highlight like what guys are doing out there. You know, if you're going on a job site and you're seeing some crazy spiral staircase and you're wondering, man, how do these guys do that? You guys ever wonder that? You go on a job and you're like, how did this guy, how did, how did they accomplish this? Especially wood. Wood oh, is yeah. always the thing that gets me. Like metal, I can like see how that gets formed. But wood, like, and those like big spiral banisters or anything like that, I'm just, yeah. I'm always amazed. Yeah, it's wild. And the, the, th the beauty of the further you go east, the more you find like really intricate woodwork and, and true craftsmen. And, you know, through my experience uh, going to Chicago, uh, you know, I met this old Irish guy and, you know, he kind of taught me like a lot about carpentry and woodwork. And, uh, you know, I really learned a lot. So, you know, you ever want to, you ever want to learn uh, uh, woodwork or anything that's really complex? Uh, being on the East Coast is, is where you want to learn it. Uh, because you, you don't see that stuff anymore, especially here in Vegas. You know, you see a lot of spec homes, a lot of homes that are built for profit, I call it. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, you don't really see it unless you go into like super custom homes. But man, yeah. out there, you see it everywhere. You see it a ton, especially up in New England. Um, but actually, one of my one of my steel guys recently sent me a link. There is a a college or university. I think it's in South Carolina. And it's called uh, like the American School for the Building Arts. I, I'm butchering the name. It's something similar okay. to that. And they're actually teaching kids, teaching people old school 
building techniques. So they, there's oh, wow. videos on their on their website of kids doing plaster work and and you know welding and and wood carving and stone carving and it's it's pretty neat to watch. Man, I gotta look that. I, I gotta look that up. If you if you get the name of that, look that up. Let me know about it because that's something I want to share. Because you know I, I think a lot of uh, you know we gotta start getting like we gotta start getting kids out of high school learning some of these really intricate trades, right? In order to elevate like the the you know the trades itself. I mean. Uh, home building stuff because I mean out here if somebody wanted to 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 mimic a house from the east coast out here uh, you're probably shipping dudes in mm -hmm. you know you're you're shipping dudes in you know what I mean <laughs> but yeah well, interesting stuff out there and that's that's one of the big things too is that you know you've hit on it a few times is knowing that with a trade right with a skill set you can travel right? Just like traveling oh, yeah. to Texas, or if you have a, a very unique project that you can bring people in for it, right? Or if you have a, a high enough skill set, right? In carpentry, in masonry, in stone carving, right? That you're now able to travel to do these super unique projects for having that type of skill set. So that's something I think that often gets overlooked and like how often people travel, like linemen for you know electricians right they, they travel all the time and in so many other fields you have so many people that do continue to travel for work right you're never going to be without it and you might be you know gone for two months but then you can always come back home to you know continue working wherever it's kind of a you know as the seasons change yeah no totally for anybody who's you know for anybody who needs like a variety right for anybody who requires yes. a variety of different things, like being aligned is probably the best thing, right? I, I, it's funny because I just, uh, you know, I was just on a podcast with a buddy of mine uh, in, in, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And this guy was a lineman. And, you know, long story short, his wife had gotten sick. He had to stop doing it because he had to be present home with his kids. Hmm. So now he, he has a podcast dedicated to helping tradesmen become better fathers because what he recognized is, man, he spent a lot of days out didn't get to spend a lot of time with his kids. When he came home, the kids didn't know what to do with him uh, because, you know, they, they had never, they were never, you dad's know, been got traveling. Spend, yeah, dad's been traveling. So it was kind of, it's really weird. So he kind of breaks down um, uh, um, how a lot of uh, tradesmen, not only linemen, but a lot of tradesmen have that problem because you're working long hours, you may be traveling. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's good that more people are getting out there and and uh, talking about this because I think it's things that tradesmen, um, you know, do have to deal with, man. Because, you know, I know in the service industry and, and, and what we do in the service end of the trades, um, we don't stop till the call, till the phone stop ringing. And so now, right, plumbers, probably electricians in Texas and, and even contractors, like these guys are, I mean, they're probably working 24-7 to, to restore power, um, to restore water to homes um and to restore you know properties right so you know it's it's just what comes with the job right it is and, it, and there's a give and take um what's the name of your buddy's podcast i'd like to check it out uh so his podcast is the show up dad okay yeah the show up dad podcast so yeah it's pretty good he's you know he's got a lot of really good speakers he's in, interviewing a lot of people and for anybody watching this man you guys should go check it out because I'll tell you, like, all of a sudden out of the blue, he, he contacts me. He's like, hey, what's happening, dude? You know, he's like, man, I got this, you know, thing going. And, and God, I haven't seen him since we were, like, in our 20s. And, the, gosh, the last time we saw each other, it was kind of weird. We're partying, having fun, you know. Yeah. I was in school. You know, he had just gotten back, back into town and stuff. So, you know, reconnecting with him has been great because – um, he alone has helped me realize a lot of things about myself and with business because, you know, with business, you know, we get so focused on what we have to do to support the family that we forget that what the family actually needs most, right? And that's our attention. So how do you leave the work home uh, and, and be 100% available to your kids uh, to give them the attention and what they require, right? Because we just can't buy their love, you know? And I think a lot of times we're like, oh, 
I'm going to make the ultimate sacrifice for my family. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to make as much money as possible as we can. I'm going to set my family up so they can do whatever they can. But then years go by, your kids are teenagers, and they're like, Dad was never home. What What is it for? You know? So I, I think a lot. I'll go for it. I guess this is a this is a good question too, because you know, like in your in your twenties, in you know, really anything, learning a learning the skill is what you need to do, right? You can work as many hours. You're typically not uh, tied down, right? <laughs> Most of us, you know, at least these days, right, don't get married till our late twenties. But you can really you can grind through your twenties, learn a skill, pick up all of those things that you need to be great at what you do. And then it's, uh, you know, as kids, as a family, like, so I'm, I just got married last year. So kids aren't <laughs> quite yes. on the horizon. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, on the horizon yet. But for that, it's setting yourself up to, to be in a place where you can be home. You know, that might be coming into the office or being in different roles to where you're, you're not having to answer those service calls you know, at 10 o'clock at yeah. night or two in the morning. Um, so I guess, how have you, uh, maybe looked at your guys, looked at your team into, to elevating guys into those positions, you know, as they come through or at least making them aware of like, Hey, I, you know, I did this thing, right. I was just like you, I grinded, I worked, you know, 18 hour days or more, you know, as many guys are doing right now to, to, like you said, restore power, you know, clean up everything. But how do you look to, to kind of elevate your team and, or at least show them like, Hey guys, <laughs> you don't have to like work that hard. Um, you know, your entire career, there are other things that are important as well. Um, I, I, I think it really, what it comes down to is I think at a, at a young age, you need to find, you know, young men at a young age and you need to get, you need to get them trained. Right. So really we've got to be effective as business owners of identifying who wants to be in the trade, who's committed. You have to let them know how important it is, whatever they do, find out what they want to do, stick to it and commit to it. Right. That's one thing my grandfather told me. He's like, Hey, look, you know, you spend a lot of time trying to figure out what you want to do. Next thing you know, you lose 10 years and whatever it is you decide you want to do, you're 10 years behind. Well, those first 10 years were probably your most productive, a physical trade. So what's the goal? Well, goal from business owner is to get kids in from high school that identify they they don't want to go to college, right? Give them a career, a career that they make six figures at, uh, train them how to do their job well. Once they learn how to do their job well and how to perform the plumbing tasks or um, tasks as an electrician, alignment or whatever it, it need be, once they have that solid foundation, they could start building on those skills. Well, there's two different, you know, there's many different parts of the trade, right? You got the residential end, you got the commercial end, um, you got the service end. And those are three very, very different um, facets of the trades itself, right? So you get identify, you know, what is it that I'm good at? Am I an introvert? Well, if you're a little bit of an introvert, but you love the, you know, the, the hard work, you know, the, the, the working end of the trade, right? You could be a craftsman who just doesn't like to talk to people. Well, there's a place for those people, right? Those people just, you can't put them, you know, in front of a customer selling a job. You know, you've got to get a guy who's really good at, uh, one, talking to the customer, identifying the customer's needs, and then understanding the trade enough to know what they're talking about, to line the job up and set the guy who likes to do the work up on the job. So if I could recommend anything, you got to ident identify where it is you fit in the trades and you got to roll with it. Well, as business owners, right, we need to discover um, our talents within our team. So if we're discovering the talents within our team, then we can better forecast the vision of where we see them going within our organization. And of course, you know, you guys know this best, right? You've got to grow the team large enough so they can all fit inside the dream. Right. I think we've heard that from Ed and Andy, you know, plenty of times. Yeah, definitely. So you've got, you know, you've got to, you got to raise the ceiling. So these guys see themselves growing within the organiza organization. Cause if you don't cast that vision, well, you know, you're gonna have a hard time growing it and, and, and getting better. But, you know, I think you just got to make the best of your years at a young age and learn as much as you possibly can and get as much experiences in as you possibly can. 
Um, another thing I think that people need to think about too is you can't be scared to try new things. You know, I think a lot of people say, oh, I don't know how to do that. Well, I can remember countless times where I didn't know how to do something, but I knew how to get the resources of how to figure it out. You know, like we're in the information age where you can look it up on Google, YouTube. You could pretty much find any resource anywhere, or you could find somebody to ask them how to get it done, right? So as long as you know where to find those resources, I think you can grow yourself um, enough into a position of leadership, you know, if, if you do it right, and you won't be having to run calls at 40, 50 years old, um, you know, working 24 hours. But I think you're going to have those people too that that are comfortable doing that. Like they want, you know, my dad is like, gosh, he's almost, gotta be almost like late 50s, 60 maybe. Um, and he's still plumbing, you know. He's still plumbing, man, but that's he he's a simple guy. You know, he he knows his plumbing. I mean, he's not able to do the stuff the young guys do, but you know, you can be a senior plumber and you can be showing these guys and training these guys how to be good, and you can make a huge impact doing that um by just showing that these showing these guys how to, you know, make the money they can be making in the trades. Absolutely. And then, and then you're the mentor. Right. And so many young, young men and women coming into the trades, they, they need that mentor relationship because, you know, it, it's competitive as hell out there. And, oh, yeah. you know, especially in the trades, most people don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to do what they're, they're looking at. So you've got to learn. You've got to learn fast. And some of it's going to be trial by fire, you know, dangling your feet over the flames. But some of it comes from that mentor relationship. And when you can find the the old guy or, you know, the, the guy's been doing plumbing or carpentry or whatever it is for his entire career. You got to figure out how to extract that knowledge from them. But once you can do that, you can, you can set yourself up for a world of possibilities. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think you just gotta, you know, I think we, uh, we, as, uh, as leaders in our industry, right. We need to identify what it is this next generation needs and we've got to mentor these guys in, into uh, into areas that they're going to be successful. So, you know, I just like just like a high school has, you know, a guidance counselor, right? That's going to mm -hmm. kind of set them up of you know where they're going to go after high school. Um, I think you almost need to be like a construction counselor and be able to see where these guys' talents are and then guide them the right way. So, you know, if 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 you're a young guy getting into the trades. First, you got to identify what makes you happy, why you're doing it. I mean, I, I never realized why I loved being in, in the trade so much. I just love talking to the people, right? Sure. I love talking to people. I love the, the different scenery change, you know, that you're in a different house every day. You're meeting new people. And you know what the best part was that, that I loved about it was the fact that I was, I had a sense of purpose, like, you know, these people were relying on me to go in and fix a, a very, you know, a, a problem that was that was bad. So whether it was leaking, you know, whether it was like sewer water all over the house, you know, drains failing, you know, I felt like the hero coming in to save the day. Sure. And, and yeah. you're bettering people's lives because of it. You know, oh, I, cool. I, I started off building houses and, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't an emergency situation usually, but... You know, when you build something like that and you can hand over the keys to a family or to to whoever, like you just built this person a home, you know, that that's oh, yeah. that's some powerful shit to get up in the head when, you know, you just you just made this person the place they're going to live and call home for the next 20, 30, however many years. And and even now I, I've I've switched in the last couple of decades to the commercial side. I get the same feeling building buildings. Right. Like. Yeah. Now I'm building the, the place where these guys and, and these ladies are going to work and they're going to earn a living to provide for their families. And, you know, it just keeps going and going and going there. And it just I think it goes back to what we've been, been hitting on. There's so many opportunities out there in in our collective industry. that It's just a world of possibilities. But it leads to a, a question that, you know, Dylan and I have talked about a lot Um and I'm going to ask you, Andy, for your your take on it. But what do you, what do you think is the or what do you see as the biggest issue facing our 
I'm going to call it our industry, you know, so, so Dylan's on the design side, I'm on the commercial side, you're on the service side, but at the end of the day, we're all, we're all construction, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you see as the biggest issue facing our, our industry today? Well, I think it's the stigma that comes behind blue collar work. I think it's the stigma. I mean, I can remember as a kid, and I talk about this in, in, in some uh, like my brand stories and stuff like that. You know, I was a kid, the, the kid in the shop, you know, at work with my parents watching these plumbers, you know, come into this warehouse and buy stuff. And I was looking at them and I was like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to look like this guy. You know, I don't want to look like this guy. He smells like he's been drinking. He looks like crap. He looks like he's beaten up and worn down. Um, and even my dad, man, the guy would be working till like nine or 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, because he was working to try to provide for us, you know, we were a big family of five uh, because he was trying to give us the best life possible. You know, he started getting into drinking, you know, and, you know, that's a whole other, other, other topic, man. And, you know, there's only, uh, a couple of reasons people drink and drink a lot is they're trying to kind of drown away their sorrows and their pain, man. And, you know, I think we've got to get rid of that stigma, but also we got to, you know, as, as leaders and as business owners, we have got to understand that there is a limit to what we can put our guys through. You know, um, I am a firm believer, you know, I still, to this day, I tell my team all the time, look, I want my guys not getting a call past this time, you know, and I'm not sure how you're going to have to figure it out, but you need to figure out how to make this happen because I don't want my guys burnt out. I want them to have a life outside of work, you know, and it's a very fine line, like, especially when you're in the service businesses, you know, a lot of times you don't stop till those calls stop, but we got to figure out how to, how to make sure that we are taking the right volume of calls to make sure that our team goes goes home at a decent time. So in turn, you know, going back to the question you're asking me is how do we change that stigma? Well, we as leaders become better leaders, recognize what's tearing people apart, and we do our best to try to change that stigma in our industry. And, you know, that's the number one uh, thing behind the brand too is like we're trying to bring respect back to the trades. Like what is it that, that, that uh, um, you know, what is it that that brings respect? You ever see those uh, that that famous picture of the guy sitting on the piece of steel? Maybe it's the Empire State Building. You know, it's a black and white photo. The guys aren't strapped in. They're just wearing like T-shirts, dude. It looks just like man, these guys were like a hundred stories up in the air. Like yeah. OSHA probably didn't exist, <laughs> but these dudes are just badasses up there, dude. Just making it happen, you know. Um, you know, where's the sense of pride? I, th I think people were so happy back then to be in a new country, you know, um, that they were willing to do whatever it took to, to, to make a career for themselves. And they really took pride in like creating what is now what the greatest nation in the world. Right. But see, now America's in a whole different stage. We're in a stage now is we're the top power. Right. But all of, you know, once you hit the top, what's the hardest thing to do? Stay, stay, there. stay on top right so what is it man i think i think really right now in even in the trades you know we need to face the reality and the reality is this is not enough young people are getting into the trades and right now um if if you're you know what supply and demand is is if there's a demand for people in the trades what's going to happen you're going to get paid right oh yeah so, so i so i think we just need to create awareness behind that if we can create awareness behind it, I, I think, uh, I think that would be, uh, you know, something that, that we could do to, to change it. Uh, that's a, that's a beautiful answer. So when Dylan and I talk about this problem constantly, I kind of have this, this vision of this, this effort I'm coming up with that, that we're calling blue collar badass. And, right. and it's, but it's the very same ideal, right? It's the same thing as modern day tradesmen. And actually through doing the podcast now, I've met um, a couple guys who, unbeknownst to me before this are, are kind of going down similar but separate paths and i think awareness is it you know college just isn't for everybody the the trades offer a, a ton of of fantastic opportunity where you can you can make not just a a reasonable living scraping by you can make a killing and, and oh. you nailed it especially right now if 
if you come in and, and you put your nose to the grindstone and you, and you learn and you work, you can set your own price tag pretty easily across the board right now. 100%. Especially if you start if you start learning any of the specialized skills like we, we touched on earlier. I mean, my God, if you <laughs> if you yeah, know how to man. do plaster work right now. Oh, man. Forget it. You know, and, and, and isn't that the truth? Because, you know, in my place, you, well, you know, I, I, I grew up, you know, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. They have this, uh, you know, they have this plaster style called diamond hard trial plastering. Right. You guys ever heard of it? No, I haven't. You can, it's like a Venetian plaster, but it's like thick. You know, it's not just you know, real thin, right? But you could literally see your reflection in the plaster. Oh, wow. That's how it's just like glass, right? And it's funny because, you know, out here in, uh, in Vegas, you know, everybody's doing the Venetian plaster and, you know, guys are charging like, you know, 25 to $50 a square foot wow. to do this stuff. Right. Wow. So, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity to make money there. And if you're an artist, you know, if you're a bummed out artist who's not selling artwork, struggling to survive, well, how are you going to, you know, what are creative outlets that you could do in the trade to help you fuel your passion, right? So, I mean, some people might like to make artwork with their plumbing. I mean, if you get online, I think now I've been more, I've been noticing more and more of what tradesmen are doing. So electricians like to make their line work perfect with their pipe bending, right? Okay. That's an art form, man. And I've been seeing it more and more, you know, with, with, uh, you know, with what I'm doing right now and same with plumbing. I mean, I follow this plumber outside of Australia uh, in Australia and he's literally building like bending his copper pipe perfectly on his tankless installations. And I'm like, man, we like don't do that out here. But it looks so beautiful, man. But what's holding us back from doing it that way? Like this guy, obviously, he he created his, you know, he he created his artwork within his trade, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, the trades can be for artists, for creative people, man. Um, you've just got to find out what it is you have to do to make your installations unique, because people pay for unique things all you the know? time. All the time, man. And if if somebody goes in the garage and sees this bad tankless water heater, right, and this thing looks like a piece of art, you know, if somebody's interested in it, what are they going to say? They're going to be like, man, who did that work? Okay. I've never seen anything like it. You know, so there there are ways you can express yourself in the trade. So, you know, that's one that's one other thing that I think we need to highlight here, man, is like if you like to express yourself in a creative way, join the trades, man. Perfect opportunity. Yeah, that's a great answer. And it's not one we've touched on before. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good viewpoint. But you know, and, and another thing too is like you get a lot of iron workers out there who can weld at the the bet the, the the most perfect welded joint, right? They've got all kinds of different ways to weld these joints, right? And uh gosh, I see that more and more now because my my eyes are on every single trade now. So you see all these creative ways that they're doing these things well man, why aren't you doing sculptures and selling pieces of work for 150 grand a pop? You know, you yeah. already know how to master your craft. And if you're creative and you like to build things, why aren't you building like works of art? Like there's no reason why you can't take this thing to the next level, you know? People pay for that stuff, you know? Yeah, that's a great point. And really to to your point about the the guys on the empire state building right like and you've i've seen some recently where they were like playing golf right up 100 stories or something crazy yeah but it's it's the sharing of images right of of people on a job site of sharing the the beauty the rugged the you know man's man images and getting them out there right everybody's familiar with the 10 iron workers sitting on an i-beam up 100 stories having lunch right that's a very iconic photo i think that probably got a lot of people into construction for a long oh, period of time and we just need more of that i think over the past 30 years people have been gun shy on pictures on images for liability and a plethora of other reasons you know can we share this can we put this out there? You know, is this owner going to get mad about us sharing their, their building? They're going to find me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a, a bunch of stuff, but I think the being 
entrusting your your people that are that are doing the right thing that are showing a, a good installation not you know guys goofing around or whatever but showing and not not to say that you can't show and share people having fun but <laughs> you know what i mean right doing it in a in a safe responsible manner not not anything uh crazy but getting more awareness to your point out there of people actually working right actually showing you know what people do on a day-to-day -day basis and putting buildings together is is a huge part of it and making not only the guys on that job site and girls feel good about what they're doing but knowing that hey like this matters right it's going to get seen we're getting seen outside of the people on the job site right we're bringing notoriety to what we do bringing awareness to our our trade, our, this project, right, whatever it might be. Yeah. And so that they have some ownership, not just to, to say that they did it, but like, look here, here's actually me on a job site, right? Here's me actually doing something versus just like, yeah, I worked on that. And, you know, somebody look at you kind of sideways and like, really? Yeah. Did you, <laughs> did you yeah, actually man, show up? <laughs> I, I, I don't know about you guys, but you know, I'll tell you, man, I mean, every, project that I've done, you know, is like a notch on my belt, a sense of pride, purpose. And uh, I think that's the one thing you could get from being in the trades, man, is how, how, how good do you think those guys felt, right? You know, those 10 guys sitting on that post, you know, what do you think they told their kids? You know, that original photo, if you could say that was my dad on there without bullshitting, you know, guaranteed, you know, that's something to be proud of, man. And every, everybody needs to feel a sense of purpose and, you know, since a part being a part of something that's great. And if you're one of those dudes sitting on top of there building the Empire State Building, I think that's probably the pinnacle of like coolness. You know what I mean? <laughs> Look, I was up here. Yeah, man. And, you know, there are heroes in the trade. And I think we need to highlight some of these heroes in the trade and, you know, give them the recognition, man. I don't know about you guys, but if you're on, you ever see the guy with the tattoos, you know, on, on uh, he's a, he's an iron worker, the wrench face official guy. You ever seen him? Uh -huh. I don't know. Um, and he's a he looks scary as hell, man. I don't know. <laughs> I've been trying to trying to connect with that guy, but I mean, oh, he looks scary, dude. But this guy's doing some badass stuff, dude. And he's on there posting this stuff, man. And he takes pride in his trade. You know, obviously, I mean, he's working on these big towers. He knows his stuff. But I mean, this guy is really uh, getting a lot of attention out there, and he's doing it for the right reasons. And uh, you know, it's just it's cool to see you know, guys out there uh, showing that type of work because I don't know about you, man, but I don't know what it's like to be 50 stories up in the air doing iron work. But I do know if you do post those videos, man, you're going to get some like special ops Navy SEAL dude who's getting out of the military who's like, dude, I'm on it. You know what I mean? Or like, hey, man, or hey, maybe I'm going to be, uh, you know, uh, getting, you know, coming out of helicopters, working on a freaking tower out in the middle of freaking nowhere you know, to revive power to a town in the, out in the middle of nowhere, you know, you know, there, there's jobs for, for people that are, there are people that are crazy enough to do that kind of stuff. So I, so I think, I didn't even know that line. I, I had no idea how in depth or how hard a line job was until oh, I yeah. talked to my buddy. Have you seen him do the helicopter work for, oh, yeah. for crazy. big utility? So for everybody out there, like if you've never seen it, just like Google or YouTube, like utility lineman uh, helicopter. So what they do, um, so they're, they're wearing a full mesh uh, suit, right? It's all mesh metal. It's basically a Faraday cage is realistically what it is. And they sit on this little, there's a little stand next to the helicopter. It's a little platform that the guys sit on and it's electrically isolated from the rest of the helicopter. And then when they're up there, because they do live, it's it's all live. So you're working on a transmission line that's 345,000 volts, right? It's what <laughs> most of those are. Some of them are like 500,000, you know, half a million volts, 750, like these big, big transmission lines. And you, you have to do that work live. And a lot of it's inspections. A lot of it's uh, just like insulator work, whatever. But they have to do that live because you're on those transmission lines. Like you take down a state. Like it's, you know, yeah. you're, you're taking down a, a big swath of the grid if something fails. So they have to do that work live, but in doing it, so you're on this little platform on the side of a helicopter, you know, at a transmission line, and then they have a little rod 
that they like shoot over and it brings them up to the potential of the line. And then they, uh, again, cause you have two or three like parallel conductors. So you're one arm on each, you clip in to the line and then you literally like hand crawl uh, along the conductors in this Faraday cage. And again, you're not, you're not dying cause you're, you're up to the potential of the, the line, but you're out there walking and then they, they, deactivate, you know, bring the helicopter back up to potential and uh, all that stuff when they, they go back over. But it's, yeah, it's totally like crazy <laughs> what they do, but I mean, there's a job for everybody. Well, it's, it, what's crazy about it is, you know, imagine like these guys have to be sharp, man. They have to be smart. And that, that's one, this is, this is one thing why, you know, being a tradesman doesn't mean you're stupid, man, because these dudes like, every mistake that they make has consequences, man. So these guys have to be extremely aware of their every move, which means these guys probably, I'm not sure if they're coming into work hungover, man, because that could mean their life, right? So I think there's a lot of credit that uh, that should be due to guys like that, you know, out there in the trade that are doing that stuff because they do have to be sharp and on their toes uh, every minute of the day. So are you guys who think that, hey, Construction is, construction is something you get stuck in when you don't go to college or because you're not smart enough. Dude, these guys are intelligent dudes, man. And we're finding out more and more nowadays, like all these guys coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq after the wars, you know, these guys are um, the perfect candidates to be getting into the trades, man. And I think that's what we need to be targeting is we need to be targeting guys coming out of the military. Reason number one is these guys operate on core values. They know what it's like to work in a team environment. And if they know what it's like to work in a team environment, man, it's just going to be a bonus for you because that's one less thing you have to, you have to teach. Right? So these are, these guys are going to be coming onto your team natural as, as, as leaders working under a structured organization. Um, they're probably going to fit into your core values. Um, so I think a, a, a lot of what we need to focus on too are, you know, how are we going to get these, these guys coming back from Iraq and Af Afghanistan? How are we going to get them into the trades? You know, what are we going to do with the guys that are the perfect fit to get back into or the perfect fit for a career in the trades? And how can we better educate these guys on what they can do coming out of the trades to make the money that they need to make? You know, number one, to support their families and, and to grow, you know, their life or their version of the American dream, you know. And what's so important, too, in there, and you touched on it earlier, is um, – look, look, there's, there's more to life than, than just being in the trades. Like everyone, you know, we love all this stuff, everything in construction, we love everything, but there is, you know, you've got family life and you're doing it to support uh, others, right? That's a big part, piece of why most people are doing this, right? Is to provide a great living and life for, for the rest of your family. And I guess that might be one question too, Andy, and I don't know how much longer we've, we've got you for here uh, before we wrap up, but, um, you know, with your, your dad working those, those long hours being gone, um, what lessons really did that, that teach you growing up? Um, man, it, I'll tell you, man, it made me, uh, it made me realize a lot, man. It made me one, it, it made me realize, um, number one, what he did to provide for his family. So, you know, when we're teenagers, we're a little disrespectful, you know, we take things for granted. We don't understand what our parents go through to support us. Well, now as a father, I know that, right? But it also taught me, man, um, you know, going through that makes me hypersensitive towards that in my business. So I'm able to identify when, I, when, when guys are going through things, right? So when I see guys going through that, you know, of course, I want to I make sure that they're okay. I mean, um, you know, I like to look at it as this is my job is uh, for my team is to help people grow, not only in the trade, but as like better individuals too, you know, and because I, I saw my dad going through all of these things, like I don't want to be responsible for, you know, possibly contributing to someone's downfall. Right. So, you know, I think I tried to really, uh, I think I really try to avoid that. And I think, 
you know, at the time, I think my dad was just like, hey, you know, I got five kids. I got to support them. I got to put them to school. You know, my son wants Jordans. <laughs> I got to buy some fucking Jordans, right? <laughs> Excuse my language. Um, but, you know, you know, these these are all things that, like, a father is, like, feels the need to do, right? And that's his sense of purpose is, like, every man wants to know that they can provide for their family, right? Like, if you can't provide for your family, you're, like, not a man, Right. I mean, I, I think I've always felt like that. I'm like, I got to provide for my family. I got to make sure my kids have this. I got to make sure my kids have that. Um, you know, I, I think just being hyper aware of that, um, just maybe really analyze things and the, the type of business leader I wanted to be. And it made me realize that I, I've, my job is to educate these guys to be efficient at what they do in a certain time. Like if I have a guy from a, from this time to this time, I need to figure out, how these guys can be more effective at what they do so they can make more money in a shorter period of time to get home to their families and not have to feel like they have to work till nine o'clock at night. And look, guys, I don't, I don't have this thing perfected, you know, trust me, I'm very far from it. Uh, but I'm aware of it and I'm constantly working at things that I could do, you know, to, to better take care of my guys and my team. But, and that's, that's great, man. That, that's why I, I suspect you're a pretty damn good leader. Uh, I'm, I'm 100% confident you're a blue collar badass. You are the modern day tradesman, right? You, you've got this thing figured out. Perfection's not attainable. <laughs> Perfection's not attainable. It's it's the race to keep yeah. going and going and, and reaching as close as you can that that we're all striving for. So so hats Definitely. off to you, man. Definitely, man. And, and I know you guys are too, man. I think we all, you know, uh, you know, the thing in life is, you know, we're never going to reach the pinnacle of where we want to go. But as long as every day we're striving to get where we want to go and better ourselves and better our teams and and make the world a better place for it, like that's all we can strive for, right? Absolutely, Andy. Uh, before we wrap up here, where can everybody find you? So, uh, so you can find me at the uh, www.themoderndaytradesman.com. Um, that's my website. I've got videos. Um, I, I like to share videos to kind of help people out. Um, that's, you know, way I, I feel, you know, I, I kind of contribute. I'm just sharing what I've learned with, with people. I just want to make that available to people. Um, I'm going to be sharing more content, uh, more and more content on there. Um, I also have a, a, a line of apparel, uh, called the modern day tradesman as well. So, you know, the idea behind that is, you know, where can you go buy cool trades gear? That's cool. You know what I mean? So I wanted to make cool trades gear that guys can like wear and be proud of their trade, whatever it is. So if you're a plumber, an electrician, you know, we got this modern day tradesman gear so you can go out and, and rock the gear with pride. So go, you know, go check that out. Um, we're always co constantly coming up with new things and new ways we can educate and kind of bring awareness around the trade as well. So that's where you can find me. Um, hopefully that kind of answers your question from that website. It'll take you to all the little facets and areas. So, you know, I could go a long list of stuff, but that's the best way to find us. Perfect. Yeah, guys, go go check Andy's stuff out. He's uh, sharing some fantastic content on there. Um, and it's a lot of the stuff that we talk about here too, right? It's, it's core values. It's learning how to communicate. It's learning how to be a better person. <laughs> that's going to make you uh, a better tradesman, able to communicate with, you know, the owners, the team members, the, the different trades that you have to work with on a job site day in and day out. So again, his stuff is fantastic, uh, highly endorsed and, uh, yeah, um, keep up, uh, <laughs> everything that you're doing, but any, any final words that you have and, and want to share with uh, the audience here? Yeah, guys, you know, just, uh, whatever trade you're in, just remember, stick with it, give it your all, become the best at your possible, that you can possibly at your craft and identify what Avenue you want to go within your trade. And, you know, get with a company that's going to invest in you because, you know, if you get with a company that's going to invest into growing you, like you'll be able to be, you know, what it is that you're striving for. 100%. 100% agree with you. And ask those awesome. questions before you, <laughs> before you hire on. Uh, yeah. What, what they're doing. That's <laughs> it's. Yeah. hundred percent, man. You got to know, you got to know what makes somebody tick. You got to know what's, uh, what drives them to succeed. Uh, you want to, you know, if, if you're going, you're applying for something and somebody asks you what drives you, you better know what drives you, man, because that's what they're looking for. Yep. Well, hey, one, one last thing before we, before we get out of here, um, 
another Andrew guest, previous guest of ours, Andrew Zeller, shot us a note during it. It's American College of the Building Arts. American American College of the Building Arts. ACBA.edu. And they've got a Facebook page now that I've been following. They they put out some some pretty cool content and they're doing some some pretty neat stuff with their students. So ACBA.edu. Correct. That's awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Andrew. Appreciate it, man. Awesome, guys. Well, that is this episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. Again, go out, be the best that you can be, continue to learn, grow, develop all your skill sets, again, in the trades, in design, in construction, in project management, whatever it is that you do in this industry, go out, be great. And until next time. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Really appreciate it, guys. You guys have an awesome one.